having residence plans, having plan A, plan B, plan C's, and all the other plans. So th- those kind of enables it kind of allows you to adapt to to unseen and unfavorable circumstances that might arise while executing on your plans or while pursuing your goals. Then having a support system too that makes it easy to to recover from from downturns or from adverse effects of failure and, and, and or rejection. For example, just look at the support system as a hospital. Somebody who has access to a hospital and who has access to to healthcare professionals will recover from illnesses and injuries quicker than somebody who is just at the school defending for himself. So that's what the support system does. Then fragility, you should take steps to reduce your fragility. One, one good thing that go, one, one thing COVID-19 has brought to the fore is how many people are fragile and even how the world economy itself is fragile. The, the insistence on the pursuit of efficiency for the sake of efficiency has left the global supply chain very fragile. Because if there was redundancy, as it would have been able to absorb some shocks. So you can also look at your life every day. In what ways am I fragile and work towards reducing your fragility? Because fragility, as it's, it's impedes on your chances of survival and survival is the most important thing. Everything you want to do is built on your ability to survive. Hello, 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 good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you're listening to us from. This is The Creatives Chronicles, the podcast for designers and developers. Here on the show, we share our experiences, our learnings and our feelings. We keep you real. We explore topics and conversations to help you become a well-rounded professional. My name is Bright Emeka, and as always, I'm joined by the man, the myth, and the legend, Boss UK. Good morning, Boss. Hello hello to you and hello to our audience. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Before we get into today's episode, for the cool tip of the week, uh, my cool tip for, or cool tool, for this week is uh, a software tool. It's called Miro, M-I-R-O, Miro.com. Miro is a software and a platform. Like um, if you check it out at Miro.com, it is a collaborative platform for teams, uh, especially technology teams. It has a vast library of resources that can make your work easier as a designer or product manager. Like if I'm starting a project, especially design related, I, I go on Miro and I could just pick a template for how, like if you want to draw product specification or like product feature requirements, like their templates already existing on Miro. So it's like a starter kind of uh, software. Like, and you could, it's collaborative too. So stakeholders on a project can also have accounts and sign in and see um, tax management and all with Miro. So. I think it's a really, really cool tool. Yeah, uh, not just for teams, because I I think I use it, although not so much currently. It has a lot of features. It's also a whiteboard tool. It's also a tool yeah. So they have a lot of features used by both individuals and teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. So what's your cool tip or idea or tool for the week? Okay. So mine is basically it's a... It's not, a tech, it's not a technology tool. It's basically a, let's say, a behavioral change. So 
you know, these days there are a lot of a, a lot of uh, what what drives most of the news and most of the events that are propagating in public or happening out in public is interest, and most times the interests or the the actual motive behind the news or the events is not known. So I think in investigative journalism, there is, there is a saying, "Follow the money," which is a very good good way of of figuring out where the interests actually lie, what interests are being promoted by the events happening around you. In law, also, there's another saying, or in Latin, rather, there is another saying, qui bono, who benefits? Because to most actions, there are very few coincidences in life, and most actions happen to the benefit of somebody, regardless of the way it is sold, or regardless of the story that goes along with it. So most, it's, it's a good way to, would I say, make it to reduce the probability of you being led astray by different news or by what people tell you or by the different events happening around you. Trying to find out what interests are actually being promoted is a is a is a good heuristic in, in finding out the truth of the matter or finding out what is actually going on. So most times when you hear a particular news for or against somebody as in asking yourself who who benefits we bono who does the, who, whose benefits does this uh, in your truth? And also following the money will help you discover if what you're being told is the truth or to what extent that is a bit uh, falsified or exaggerated or a bit played up. So that's the tip for the week. Always ask yourself who benefits. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Because before you know it, you can find yourself fighting battles that uh, is... Uh, he presented with all the real facts, you would not even find being in such situations. So, who benefits and picking your battles? Awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, um, to this episode, uh, our topic is about rejections versus failures and um, some lessons we could pick from them. Okay, I'd like to start today again by quoting an author, uh, his name is Richard Castle. He said, rejection isn't failure. Failure is given up. Everybody gets rejected. It's how you handle it that determines where you would end up. Okay. Um, I know most of the times when we hear advice or when people give advice about failure or handling failure and rejection, it's, uh, it can feel a little bit cliche and disconnected from reality. Uh, it is when this rejection and failures become really real, like it's we, we are in it up and close, like that is when we're living through uh, a rejection or experiencing a failure, it becomes extremely real and difficult to apply some of the advice we hear. Uh, okay, boss, for you, um, how would you describe rejection and um, what do you think it's, well, why is it, is it different from failure? Or how is it different from failure? Well, I, I, I would say rejection basically is rejection can also lead to failure. Failure is basically the, the inability of, of events turning out to to events lining up with your purpose. So basically, as you're not achieving what you set out to achieve, that's failure. You went to play a football match and you, you went there with the mind of getting three points from the opposing team. And they ended up loading you with five goals to nothing. That's failure. Or instead of getting three points, you could only manage a draw. That's 
also failure too. So failure is missing whatever particular goal or objective you set out to achieve. And rejection is one of the ways you could you could land in failure. Let's say let's put it like that. So rejection is basically missing your mark by the actions of the other. You're not the one rejecting yourself. It's somebody else rejecting you or somebody else delivering the rejection. So rejection is missing the mark by the actions of other people or the other counterparty who in in some way or form is necessary to you achieving your goal. So that's the distinction. So in in, 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 an, in an effect, they both rejection leads to failure, but rejection comes from the other party. It's failure com- coming from the actions of somebody else. Somebody who was critical to you achieving your goal or being successful in what you set out to do. And also too, people dread rejection because of how it makes them feel. And nobody, nobody likes to be rejected. And in, in many in many cases, people where their, their opinion of themselves is dependent on how accepted they are or um, how successful their efforts are. So if, if, if any, any, any instance of rejection is seen as basically throwing their self out the way or an indictment on, on their perception of their self or an indictment of who they are, how skillful they are and whatnot. Yeah, true. Awesome. Awesome. Some rejection is external factors. Uh, saying no, like uh, why failure is like an internal verdict on your ability or uh, yeah. Rejection is is one of the, the paths to get into that end state. So basically, failure and success are terminal states of your particular endeavor. You can either succeed or you fail. Those are terminal states of any venture you set out on. Rejection is, is a, a pathway leading away from success and towards failure. Would I say, you say rejection is a first path to failure because rejection comes from others. So somebody who you would have wanted to help you on your uh, get to the end state of success takes the contrary action. So that is going to force you down the path of failure. It may it may not always end in failure, but it is it it points more towards uh, it leads more towards failure than success. Failure is uh, when we on our own make conclusions on our ability we could redefine it for ourselves in that way that um, we could just say okay um failure is when we have now decided that for this thing we cannot achieve it it's like we are bringing a fi- making a final verdict on our abilities in achieving something we could have that redefinition for ourselves but let's dive a little deeper and talk about how we can handle rejection and failure how do you deal with rejections the first step is acceptance. Acceptance of rejection and failure as inescapable parts of life or inescapable occurrences in life. You're going to be rejected on a, on a, a host of occasions over a host of reasons and by a host of people. So it's, it's not something you should, you should dread because it's inescapable and it's inevitable like uh, Thanos would say of himself. Same thing with failure too. You're going to Fail. Of course, the degree to failure and the, the frequency of failure is what you could walk, walk towards, towards reducing. But the reality of failure is always going to be there in different forms, in different ways. We shouldn't live in dread of these things. We should just accept them and walk towards mitigating them. For, for rejection, of course, people don't like to be rejected because of how it makes them feel. But if you look, if you look at it, you also reject people. Everybody rejects people. You see, if, if you take stock of your life from when you came to this earth till now, you've not said yes to everybody on everything. So you've rejected people. So why do you expect a different treatment from people? It 
it's just a part of life. It's as as essential to life as breathing in and out. It's, you can't escape it. Then for failure, it's basically the most important thing about failure is to be able to recover from failure, to survive failures. Because even if you look at evolution theory and, and many other topics that deal with adaptability and evolution and survival, the most prized attribute of every living thing is the ability to survive. And adaptability in evolution theory also, it's basically linked to that because adaptability increases your ability to survive under different scenarios and circumstances. It is not how strong you are, but the ability to survive different occurrences. So what we can do is how to deal with failure is to ensure that you're not making failures that are fatal. Because fatal failures, you can't survive from them and you can't learn from them because you'll not be around to learn from them. So try to mitigate uh, uh, failures, try to reduce failures and also try to keep your failures small enough as not to be fatal. Then for rejection, it's a feature of our current generation that everything is, is judged based on how they make us feel. But of course, I'm not, I'm not saying that rejections are not going to make you feel bad or that you, you, you shouldn't, you, you, you're going, you should, you should smile when, when you encounter rejections. Of course, rejections are not, they're not nice. They don't feel good. But everything should have been judged through the lens of how they make us feel. Rejections are going to make you feel bad, but you just deal with it and move on, basically. So that's also, that also speaks to being able to have, what's it called now? Being able to have, what's the word? Resilient plans. So having a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. But because if you throw all your eggs into one basket, basket that's when rejection bites harder. That's when it's more impactful and devastating because you don't have an alternative plan to recover from one rejection. Having a resilient plan is a way to mitigate rejections because if one part closes, you have alternate options that you could try. And who knows, out of the various alternatives you could try, one could end up being successful. But if you have only one part to success and you encounter rejection on that part, then it basically spells doom for you. That's the end of your efforts along that line. So having resilient plans or having multiple plans to attempt to various eventualities is a way to handle rejection, and also taking it as one of one of one of those things, as as they say, as the cliche goes, one of those things you encounter rejection, you move on. It's as it's just like falling down. You fall down, you don't you don't stay you don't stay down. You don't you don't build a, a castle for yourself on the floor. You stand up and move on with your life. The same with rejection. Then failures too. You're going to be encountering failures. It's you should just take uh, steps to mitigate the effects or the loss you suffer from <coughs> such failures. Like I said, what the most prized thing in, in life, uh, evolution, or business is survivability. To ensure that you can survive your failures. Just like businesses this, during this COVID-19 period, the ones that are alive are the ones that could survive, not necessarily the ones that have the most money. Although money, money goes a long way to towards aiding survival. But you can see now that for... For many businesses, the ability to survive has, has become much more and more paramount. That's the most important thing when, when you strip everything away. So that's when in banks too and in other, in many fields, you have a, a risk department or a risk assessment department. Basically, the, the essential function of all those risk analysis is to ensure that 
the downsides arising from certain actions or the unfortunate occurrences arising from certain actions can be survived. In a way, failure risk. We have the risk department, but we have a risk analyst to ensure that we can survive failures. I think that's the, the most important way or the most important attitude to have in dealing with failures. Okay, so I've rambled on long enough. <laughs> awesome. No, it was really cool. Now, uh, one of the things you mentioned in passing that reminds me of a really personal story. Um, so, um, some months back, uh, COVID happened, right? Uh, the company I worked with, salaries were cut um, for a while. Then, uh, this meant that I had to take on more freelancing gigs to um, pay bills. Uh, then, after a while, uh, I got fired. Like, well, most people lost jobs. But um, this period was really challenging because uh, many did a whole lot. Like, uh, I started having doubts. Like, I started having doubts. It, I became more reserved and, like, oh my God. Thank God I had. Um, a really, really good close friend and my girlfriend. The support system and listening and understanding really helped me turn. So I, I really related this like extremely, but um, things are much better now. Um, got another project and a contract with same com- company, and um, things are much better. But going through that phase in that period, sometimes you don't remember any of um, the uh, advice you've received in time in. in in uh, times leading to this period. So it's a good thing to, like you said, have um, options and have uh, uh, plan A and plan Bs. Like it will really cushion the effects of uh, rejections and uh, failures. So awesome. Any personal story you um, remember um, you'd like to share with us? Uh, no one comes to mind. But uh, one thing you said, which also needs to be emphasized, is a support system. So that's also one of the ways you recover from failure, having a support system. That's also the, the essential, one of the key ingredients that differentiates people who are well-to-do from people who are poor. That, that, is, that is basically the, right, one of the, the handicaps that poverty instills on people. It, it, they don't have any support system. So, for example, somebody who is rich could, could, could try his hands at being an entrepreneur and could, could have, can survive multiple failures. Whereas the person who is poor might only have one shot. And if that one shot does not span out, it might be ruined forever. And that's also might preclude people or might discourage people from taking, taking, taking that chance. Because uh, they, they actually they use whatever resources they would have used to make that one shot to survive. So support systems are also very important in terms of dealing with rejection and also recovering from, from failures. And like I said, the, the every living thing, the most prized, the most prized attribute is survivability. You can see that when you try to hang a living thing or drown a living thing, all those struggles, all those end of life struggles, is basically the body trying to survive. Everything, as every other thing goes away. And when, let's say, when people fall on bad times, every other frivolities, every other luxury goes away, and the the thoughts in survive. How do we survive this? Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. And also, the basic, the basic, uh, a book I would recommend on that is Anti Fragile by Nassim Taleb. That's basically the, the idea behind that book how to, how to survive shocks and also Black Swan to some extent. But Anti Fragile, I think that is that is that Black Swan applies to things like COVID 19, things that come out of the blue. 
But anti-fragile is that it goes much deeper into, into the philosophy of anti-fragility, how to survive shocks and how to survive failures and downturns, how to ensure that you're not wiped out. That's the basic thing because so long as, like, I think the cliche goes, where there is life, there is hope. So long as you can survive, you can still, you have a shot at succeeding or thriving in the future. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Survivability is really important too. And time is also a um, villa and equalizer. And uh, yeah, so uh, some, some of the times what we need is just time. Uh, in, in closing, uh, let's see whether it is rejection or failure, there's always something we could pick or learn from it. Um, persistence plays an important role. Understanding that anything worthwhile is going to take time. Your first attempts, like whatever we are trying to do, our first attempts will not be perfect. Almost all of the time, our first attempts will not be as good as we want it to be. But as long as we are set, we set our minds to something, it will just take time and persistent effort, consistent effort, and consistently trying to improve. It, it will definitely lead up to success in that particular endeavor. And having a safe space, having a safe space and support system is incredibly valuable. Like you cannot put the price on having a good support system. Yeah. So basically, just like you just look at the example of or look at how how do people get wealthy? People get wealthy by bringing in more money than war goes out. So rejection and since rejection and failures are parts of life, inescapable parts of life to some extent, your best bet is trying to reduce the probabilities of those happening and reduce the effects that they have as they reduce the, the adverse effect when they do happen. And all the things we've mentioned and even the ones we've not mentioned that we there are other ways too of mitigating the downsides. One is being having resilience plans, having plan A, plan B's, plan C's and all the other plans. So those kind of enables, it kind of allows you to adapt to, to unseen and unfavorable circumstances that might arise while executing on your plans or while pursuing your goals. Then having a support system too, that makes it easy to, to recover from, from downturns or from adverse effects of failure and, and, and or rejection. For example, just look at the support system as a hospital. Somebody who has access to a hospital and who has access to, to healthcare professionals will recover from illnesses and injuries quicker than somebody who is just at the school defending for himself. So that's what the support system does. Then fragility, you should take steps to reduce your fragility. One, one good thing that one, one thing COVID-19 has brought to the fore is how many people are fragile and even how the world economy itself is fragile. The, the insistence on the pursuits of efficiency for the sake of efficiency, has left the global supply chain very fragile. Because if there was redundancy, as it would have been able to absorb some shocks. So you can also look at your life every day. In what ways am I fragile? And walk towards reducing your fragility. Because fragility, as a, it's, it's impedes on your chances of survival. And survival is the most important thing. Everything you want to do is built on your ability to survive. So I think um, in closing words, that's that. And also, I... I a book I recommend is Anti-Fragile by Nassim Taleb. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, ton, ton of insightful and actionable 
uh, nuggets from today's episode. Please do remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. You can visit the creativeschronicles.com forward slash subscribe. Select your podcast player of choice. Click on the subscribe button. And um, also leave us a review on iTunes. This yes, helps. Feedback because there are, there are people who are in our audience who know more about this topic. So who can help? Yeah, 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 yeah. There are many things that we've not touched or that we glossed over or that we did not we did not uh, expatiate well on enough. The, if you're a risk risk assessment officer, or if you're if you're somebody whose profession is risk, I mean, there's a lot you could tell us that we don't know about this because that's basically what people who are involved in risk that's basically what they do: mitigating failures and mitigating downsides. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we would want to continue this conversation on all our social media platforms. Whatever you see the post for this episode, please uh, let's start to continue the conversations like um, Boss UK said. Tell us what you think, how you have handled, or uh, if you're an expert in this field, reach out to us uh, and let's continue the conversation. Get in touch with us via DMs or on Twitter, Bright Mecca, UK Chucks, and, um, or send us an email, thecreativeschronicles at gmail.com. If you found this episode valuable, Please do share with friends and loved ones. Uh, remember to go out today and create awesomeness. We will see you next week. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.